Iowa's News Now Sports has your all-access pass to all things Hawkeyes. This is Eye on the Hawks, sponsored by University of Iowa Healthcare. We got the game back together. The Eye on the Hawks crew coming at you again on a very special Eye on the Hawks kind of Thursday. Uh, Owen Sebring, Curtis Fader, Mike Howell, we're going to be talking about a little bit of athletic department news. We're going to be talking some football, a little bit of wrestling in today's podcast. Uh, nearly as breaking of news as we could possibly get on the show today. Let's just start off with Beth Getz stepping in today, the university announcing that she will become the... Uh, I don't want to say the permanent AD because at some point she will probably not be the AD sometime decades. I think that's a fair way to say road, it. Permanent so. AD. Yes. What's that? I think it's a fair way to say it. Permanent AD until she's not. You Such know. a way yeah. with words, Owen. Yeah. I mean, permanent, permanent sounds like, all right, this is eternal. Um, but she is the official full-time, uh, the one and only athletic director for the University of Iowa. Um, I kind of want to hear from Mike first on this because he's the guy who's been associated with the University of Iowa longer than any of us and he's the biggest Iowa fan. Mike, how do you feel about this hire? I love the hire. I thought it was a, a great, um, I, I, you know, a lot of us didn't know why it just wasn't final when back in August. Um, mm -hmm. I guess they probably have to cross their T's and dot their I's and do a national search. But to me, an outsider who doesn't know exactly um, why they legally have to do that, uh, it just seems like a waste of money. But we all knew that was going to happen. I'm happy she... Uh, works well with the Swarm Collective, something our, our previous Gary Barda wouldn't do yep. or or didn't do. Um, she seems to know where the sports landscape in, in today's world is, is going, so I think we should all be encouraged about that. She's very qualified. Uh, sick and tired of seeing Twitter eggs saying that she's a PR hire. She's not. Um, she knows what she's doing. And I thought, you know, uh, even with the timing issue, with the Brian offensive coordinator move and, and, you know, we can debate whose decision, if it was hers or the president's or whatever, I thought it was the right move to do it before the season ended to let everyone know that it will not be, the offense won't be the same next year. Let me just run through a few uh, of her credentials here. Um, from 2000, 2008, assistant athletic director at the university of Missouri, St. Louis, 2008 to 2013, associate AD at Butler, 2013 to 15, deputy AD at Minnesota. 2015-16, interim AD at Minnesota, same role that she just came out of now at Iowa. 2016-18, uh, the Chief Operating Officer at Connecticut. 18-22, she was the official AD at Ball State. 22-23, uh, Deputy AD slash COO slash interim AD at Iowa. Um, I don't know what somebody will want out of somebody being qualified. It sounds like maybe there's people in the comments already saying that she's a PR hire, um, but what, what more could somebody possibly want than 23 years worth of AD caliber experience? Um, by their logic, Kirk Ferentz should never have been hired as head coach at the University of Iowa. She has more time as an AD than Kirk Ferentz had as a coach slash head coach when he got hired by the university back in 1999. Uh, a long soccer background, so that means she's probably got the uh, respect of Curtis Fader. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on Beth Getz being named I mean, a permanent AD? You mentioned all of the things that she's done in the past, but look at the things that she's done with the interim label. First of all, obviously we've all talked about the dismissal of Brian Ferentz, which a lot of people have been begging Gary Barter to rip the Band-Aid off. She finally did it, mm -hmm. and she probably took the heat and let Kirk Ferentz kind of, you know, mellow out a little bit and just be like, hey, 
was me, which is probably the best case scenario for how this possibly could have ended. She also set up the crossover mechanic, which is the most highly attended women's basketball game ever recorded. And she's already brought up plans of renovating Carver, which is huge for the student section to actually be more involved in basketball games. She's True. doing so much already. And now yeah. that she gets the permanent label, it's going to be bombs away. Everything in the athletic department kind of reflects back onto who is in the athletic director role. I know there's been some conversation about the Brian Ferentz decision. Uh, maybe, possibly, probably was not totally hers. That was something that maybe came down from the president. Um, I know the crossover initially was Lisa Bluter's idea, but she ran it by Beth, I think, was uh, who was already in charge at that point. She's like, let's roll with it. Um, Mike, so far in Beth's time as the interim athletic director, what's been her most impressive decision um, in your viewpoint? I think it is the the Brian Ferentz thing. I think you have to, it, it's, you know, football is a moneymaker. Um, they still won 10 games. I mean, and you can, again, I know there's some reporting that says it was less of her decision, more of a combined decision with the administration, mm -hmm. but we needed to separate because the offense was just not great. And we'll talk about where the offense coordinator is at this point a little later on, but I don't think you can go past that. Yeah. I, I think that she's just been so great with her visibility, being out there, being at every single event, um, being uh, transparent, being, uh, being w meeting with and being out there with the, when we were in um, Orlando for the bowl game, she was out there at the, um, what do they call the, the fan event, the Hawkeye huddle. Um, mm -hmm. She was out there, um, she's, she was on stage for the Big Ten Championship game. She's just always present at nearly every event. We have a lot of B-roll of her because she's just there at everything. I covered a few women's field hockey events this year. She was at every single field hockey event I went to. She was at a lot of soccer games, too. And they also hosted, they had the highest ever attendance for a home soccer game hmm. this past season when they hosted an NCAA tournament playoff game. Mm -hmm. So those two things, and, and someone in the comments already saying, like, you can't give her credit, Brian Ferencz can't. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. One other thing, I think, uh, hooking up with the... And um, or, or linking up with the um, the Swarm Collective, mm -hmm. you have to give her credit for that. It's something Gary Barta did not do. Yep. It's something he didn't even talk to Brad Heinrichs. Um, it's the new age of college sports, and you got to embrace it. And if you're not going to give her that, which is fair, I mean, you could say that Brian was already in his contract; they weren't going to rehire him. I, I don't know that because I think Kirk's stubborn, and, and he would have looked back and said, "We won ten games." That was <laughs> his measurement injured, all season long. <laughs> it's true. That was the argument they made every year in the past. Guys, you got to just give us a break. You know, now we were in, injured. There was too many injuries. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's true. That she was the one. And that, it's true. Like it's yeah. an argument to be made. It's just I think the the philosophy of the offense just it wasn't there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I yeah, I just think that she is more forward and future thinking than maybe Gary Barter or a lot of other hires would have been. Um, just thinking about ways to change some things. It's not that she wants to come in and totally fire everybody and um, uproot all the traditions at the university, but I think that she realizes that there are a lot of changes happening right now in college sports, and she's somebody who's willing to come in and roll with that and make some changes. One of the big things I saw at one of the field hockey games I went to is that they're working on having a new facility built that's exclusively for the field hockey team, which is something that no other school in America has. Um, and, and that's obviously, I mean, Iowa field hockey, as much as people probably aren't going to a lot of games, that is a serious institution at the University of Iowa. I mean, they probably have a richer history than 
maybe any other program. I mean, uh, football, obviously, you could argue, but, I mean, they, they've got a national championship. They've got, you know, a whole slew of Final Fours to their credit. They've got a, a serious reputation. So. I went to the women's soccer game, uh, NCAA tournament game, and when I was waiting for the bathroom because the bathroom wasn't near the field hockey field, just looking at the banners is, is kind of wild if you, if you haven't been out there before. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think that she has good thoughts. I think that um, – I don't, yeah, I definitely don't want to buy into any stereotype of somebody talking about this being a diversity hire. However, I do like the idea of having a woman in charge because of the direction that Iowa is going with a lot of their programs. The Iowa women's basketball team is such a big deal right now that it's like, I kind of like the idea of having a woman in charge is going to be able to like hopefully give them the credit they deserve and, and push things in the right direction they deserve or the field hockey team deserves or that the women's soccer team deserves. Um, you know, not that I don't, I don't want somebody who's going to be giving like unfair credit to one gender or the other, but I think I want somebody who's going to give equal and deserving credit to whatever team that ends up being. It would be interesting to see who they, I don't think they're going to since they just, um, they ended up going with Beth, but, um, to see who else, because their press release mentioned that they did interview other candidates that who were sitting ADs, so I wonder who those were. I don't know if we'll ever find out, but maybe some will foil it. Maybe we can. I don't know. Probably but, like a group of five type of school trying to be, get to the yeah. Yeah. speculation. Yeah, but um, nevertheless, I, I loved the, the decision. I've only had nothing but positive interactions with Beth, and um, I hope more people get a chance to meet her and have interactions with her because she is, I think, like... Uh, a terrific person for the job, somebody who's going to win a lot of people over and um, is going to do a lot of good things for the university. So and She's going to have a lot of big things to think about going forward. For example, if the football team continues mm -hmm. to not go in the right direction, what's going to happen with Kirk Ferentz? If the men's basketball team continues to kind of pewter out, yeah. what's going to happen with Fran McCaffrey? These are the two winningest coaches in their respective programs that aren't necessarily performing up to standard. Mm -hmm. That's What's she going to do about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that she, she understood the amount of backlash that she got over the Brian Ferentz decision, um, especially with a timing issue. I think that that was the biggest thing that a lot of people had issue with was happening mid season versus after the season. And I know there's a lot of defense for when it happened, but still a lot of people were unhappy about it. Nevertheless, um, I think that that will at least if, affect how she approaches anything regarding Kirk Ferentz moving forward, that she's probably going to have a still a very loose leash with him, give him a lot of slack, that even if he has a couple losing seasons in a row, I think she, that she really is going to allow him to go out on her, his own terms. But that's a decision for potentially uh, years down the road. Um, as we transition into a football conversation, still no offensive coordinator, we're into the third week of January, which is when Kirk Ferentz did say that uh, we were going to have potentially a, a offensive coordinator hire. I don't remember his exact quote about that, but this was kind of the time frame that we thought we'd be hearing something. And all we're hearing is that people are not uh, going to be offensive coordinators. <laughs> Somebody like Phil, uh, Paul Christ, and uh, I, I see Joe Philbin's name on here. Is, he, is Joe Philbin officially out of the mix, Mike? I, I thought I saw some people saying those two we're kind of not, and I don't think anything's official because there's no like real reporting. This is just more of kind of what people have heard, you know? Mm -hmm. I think Paul Chris said he was staying at Texas to be an analyst there. Mm -hmm. I've kind of heard rumblings that Philbin wasn't going to, mm -hmm. um, just on Twitter, nothing, I don't have any sources or anything. Yeah. So after those two, you know, there were a bunch of names thrown out. You don't know who it is. Um, I know, well, I, I don't know much about this, but um, 
it's just speculation at this point of who it could be. And I don't know if you guys heard anything about potential names. So one thing I heard, uh, a lot of fans were clamoring over, I think, was it a Brennan from UNLV? Mm -hmm. they were yeah, there was some message board scuttlebutt. Um, I know I was listening to the Eichel last night. He was on Twitter spaces mm. and he said that he's heard that Ferenc didn't know who he was. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Ferenc didn't know who he was. Oh. That, that guy. <laughs> That's just what he heard from the background. That's what he said on a, a Twitter Spaces last night. So okay. I, I don't think that I was doing a deep dive on him a few days ago, just after some people mentioned it online. And I think it'd be awesome. I'd be in favor of it, but I don't think he fits stylistically because he likes to run an up-tempo offense. It's more of like a run first to get a deep passing game. Um, kind of an odd formation he runs with two running backs next to each other on, on shotgun. Um, he would be interesting. I I feel like the reporting on this, everyone's holding their stuff close to the chest. Is that what you guys have, have kind of felt? I mean, it's it's hard for me to speculate anything because... You, also, you obviously don't want to advertise your failures. Like, we wanted this guy. <laughs> yeah. He rejected us. That's true. I, I just don't know much right now because... In the midst of football season, we have a lot of time with other reporters, both on Saturday and on Tuesdays when we're doing media days. And so we get a chance to have those conversations with iColt or Doctorman or Lystico about like what they're hearing or any inside sources. And we just don't get those opportunities anymore. Now that this basketball season, we're not around other reporters as much. So like personally, I've not heard anything. Um, and so I just don't know. I heard somebody say that whoever is going to be the hire is a name that people have not brought up yet. Somebody whose name has not really even been thrown out there in the conversation so far. Um, so I, I have honestly zero speculation. I wish I had more insight into this and had some names that I could throw out there. I, I personally, I would love to see Ryan Grubb be the guy, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be a realistic opportunity. The good news is that with Phil Parker's new salary he's a, he's gotten bumped up to what was it 1.9 million yeah, 1. yeah just about 2 million and so uh the conversation revolved a little bit around like whoever the oc is cannot be paid more than phil parker who's the best assistant coach in the country so this at least gives them a little bit more leeway to pay a new oc a little bit more as long as it's less than what phil parker's making and also keep in mind seth wallace just got elevated to assistant head coach and uh -huh. now he's going to get paid one million dollars a year so that there's a little range there I, i'm curious what you guys read into the seth wallace promotion him being a, a bumped up to a is it assistant or associate head assistant. coach assistant assistant coach. head coach and i in the release it was the first time anyone has ever held that position under ference mm -hmm. so some if you're speculating it could potentially be taken as an exit strategy. Is this person going to be the next guy to take over? Mm -hmm. But then, of course, there was that history that he had a couple years ago. A lot of people were complaining about uh, what he was talking about with one of his linemen over the learning disability. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of mixed reactions there. But I think as far as the team is concerned right now, I think they all believe in him. So, I mean, I don't yeah. see any reason... He seems like a really well-respected coach inside that program. Maybe one one A or one B after Phil Parker. I I don't have no inside in, info on this, but I look at it as him and Parker were targets um, to get taken somewhere else, and they bumped their pay and gave him a raise. Yeah, or bumped their pay and in Wallace's case, gave him a, an extra title. Wallace was always an interesting guy to me because, like, whenever coaches were out there fighting with a ref or yelling, getting in somebody's ear. It was always Kirk and Brian, and then Seth was the next guy out there who was always, you know, shouting and pointing and saying, that's a bull crap. Uh, 
invalid well, fair catch call. <laughs> what's what's so funny is when you're when we're looking back at the footage in the archive, sometimes we don't have the audio at first, and you can literally hear the shape of his mouth create <laughs> expletives. <laughs> this is something too. Mitch Vick found out too uh, on the roster. They took all the coaches off. All the, there's football staff like the strength and conditioning coaches, um, all the GAs and stuff for next year's roster. But all the coaches were taken off. We we he posted on Twitter like speculate all you want or what does this mean? I just think it means like, or we kind of decided it was just like, we don't know where offensive coordinator is yet. And we made some changes because um, uh, the wide receivers coach was uh, not renewed mm-hmm. and they just wanted to renew it. And they're going to wait until the offensive coordinator is hired to put the coaches up there. Yeah. Give a little refresh. Um, yeah. I, it, that really did surprise me. The Seth Wallace thing, because normally we don't see somebody get promoted to assistant or associate head coach unless they are the coach in waiting. I feel like that's the only time I ever see that happen. Seth Wallace's name, I guess, in my understanding or my hearing and conversations was not the guy who was talked about as the coach in waiting in Iowa. LeVar Woods is the name that I always would hear I mean, get thrown out you there. You always hear about him being the best recruiter. Hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So that, that's a very interesting. And, and so I just don't know, yeah, if it was a matter of just like wanting to try to keep him around for another year and having that be a little bit of the bait to keep him at, at the University of Iowa for a little bit longer. Maybe they understand that he's probably going to be a head coach somewhere else before long, and this is a chance to give him a little bit of a uh, leg up on the competition Boost when he's looking. the resume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, when he's looking for a job maybe next year or the year after that, he has a chance to put assistant head coach on that role, and so they maybe know that he's not going to be the guy, the next guy at Iowa. Maybe he will be. I don't know. This um, is just speculation on my part, but um, it could also just be not head coach in waiting, but defensive coordinator in waiting. Hmm. Phil Parker. I don't. You know, this is just speculation. I don't know when he would ever want to yeah. retire. He's only sixty years old, I guess. So, but it just seems like he's would have had an opportunity to be head coach mm-hmm. sometime. And uh, with Kirk getting into, you know, you, you got to imagine. I think I said this three years ago. You got to imagine five years left, but it looks like who knows when Kirk's going to hang it up. Uh, just I don't know what that coaching staff looks like was left behind, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is an interesting point about the DC job. Um, yeah, I think that Phil Parker seems very happy, um, and he's not the type of guy to want to just like go and take whatever the the next good opportunity might be for him. I think he's super happy being at the University of Iowa. So. Um, I don't know. His family's probably all settled here, too, so yeah. it's going to take a lot for him to just have to move out. I'm not willing to make any sort of projection on him being here for life as a D.C., but uh, I think he'd be perfectly content doing that. But I don't know. That's a good speculation, though, about Seth Wallace, them wanting to have him be the um, maybe the heir apparent just to the D.C. role versus the uh That, the is, that was his role. previous title, linebacker's coach slash assistant he's, defensive coordinator. He's still both of those roles. I know. Oh, okay. I used that previous. I just wanted to make it clear for the... It's like, before I was this, but yeah. now I get an extra label. So so he's still assistant DC too? Mm-hmm. And the linebacker's coach is what the release said. So he's got three titles? Pretty much, yeah. And <laughs> an extra 245000 in salary. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. So, so before we go on this football, get off the football um, discussion, we wanted to, to bring up one of the biggest stories, at least online, and who knows when when whatever will be official, but an Iowa native is on the transfer portal, Mm -hmm. Aiden Proctor, and uh, I guess I heard he's not officially in the portal yet, but he's announced that he's going to be in the portal. Today he is in the portal. Oh, in energy day. A few hours ago. happened this morning. Oh, okay. Just a few hours ago. More breaking news. Um, All SEC freshman team, a lot of people are wondering if he's going to be a Hawkeye next year, and 
why would he want to after the way the fans have treated him? Now, obviously, the coaching staff holds him in high regard. Mm-hmm. The coaching staff was very complimentary to him. I, I guess, I, how much stock do they take into Twitter accounts? I'm curious, actually, Mike, if you could do a little bit of uh, Twitter uh, researching right now. If you could go to Scott Reister's Twitter account, um, he reposted some sound from last year that Jeff Dubroff got with Caden Proctor. It was kind of a whatever you want to say, like a response to some of the backlash that Iowa fans had given to him after he had. Um, I mean, he was committed to Iowa, right? It, he it was, was, yeah. He was. He committed, he committed. and yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I got it pulled up here. Problems. It is. Let me restart it real quick. Okay. Bump the audio. Make me feel bad a little bit, you know, but but I can't I can't tune into that stuff. Um, it just. It's just mind blowing that you know, forty year old, fifty year olds like just calling me the p word and and saying f you, you know, I'm gonna go to hell and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just crazy, crazy to hear. Um, but I but I don't give into that stuff because you know, if if they were truly an Iowa fan, then they wouldn't have been talking about that, and they would have been happy for me to be going down to Alabama and representing the state of Iowa. It make me feel better. Yeah, he's he's got fair points. Uh, however, Future Cyclone. I, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a big move. I personally think you're putting too much stock on the, on the fan treatment. I don't think he would make his decision on that. And yeah. if he came back, you know, those fans would switch like that. You 100%. know. And I think it's also fair to point out that like um, I've been seeing some of the message board material from Alabama fans to Caden Proctor over the last day, and they've been given a lot worse than what some of the Iowa fans were saying last year. So. Uh, let's not pretend like this is just, oh, the Iowa fan base is bad and mean to Caden Proctor. This would be, there's, people are in every single fan base across the country. Yeah, I mean, that was a huge bombshell with Nick Saban retiring. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you understand why. Good, <laughs> he deserves to rest. Yeah. You know? Um, wow. So, I don't know. I, I mean, do, like, how much, how badly do we want to see Caden Proctor on the roster? Again, Mike, as a Hawkeye fan, is this a guy that you would love to see here? He, I think, had... He was all SEC freshman team. Um, his PFF grade, or whatever stock you want to put in PFF, uh, Matt Vandenberg and J.J. Watt don't care for PFF, but um, he was graded lower than Jennings Dunker. Jennings Dunker had a better PFF grade as a, as a tackle than uh, Caden Proctor did. So, but is this still a dream get if you're a Hawkeye fan? I think it's 100%. I mean, you, I, this line got better through the years, and Caden played better at the end of the year too, um, which is to be expected. He was playing for Alabama, playing uh, SEC defenses, and you saw yeah, that's true. how Tennessee, who was 8-4 and four in the SEC, kind of tore up the Iowa a little bit. But he was rated higher than Mason Richmond, our other tackle. That's true. So, and that's his natural position. He protects the blind side, right? And those guys are in their third, fourth year. Imagine what his skill set will be in third or fourth year of, yeah. if he stays that long. In, um, in the Kirk Ferentz offense, I mean, he's probably going to go to the NFL early. Mm-hmm as a top pick, you'd assume no matter what he plays, just because of his size and his ability. So, I mean, you have to say yes. I can't hardly imagine what that offensive line would be like with Caden Proctor and Jennings Dunker anchoring the tackle position on both sides of the offensive line. That would be a dream scenario if you're an Iowa quarterback, especially. Those guys protecting Caden McNamara. Especially if you're a pocket passer like Mm -hmm. Caden McNamara is, and with his repeated injury to, obviously, his calf early and then lately the ACL injury, he's not going to be able to move that much, you would think. And, and Tyler Barnes made that exact same point a year ago, or two years ago, I guess, 
when when commitment day happened and he kind of said like hey in the day of the transport for portal we need to be like supportive of these guys because you never know what the future holds and that's exactly in this the scenario we're at right now so fans if you are a d-bag on twitter and say <laughs> mean things to people when they decommit from university like that can be a uh that can affect their stock this, down this the is road a potentially. So, 247 sports they crystal balled he'd go to iowa yeah so take it for what it's worth he hasn't you know officially flipped yet but By the right. way, they'll learn when they play the new ncaa football game and they're trying to reel in the <laughs> transfers in the summer um we you know potentially speculate out about a possible future Hawkeye, but somebody that uh, is part of the football team right now and is uh, taking his talents over to the wrestling program for the time being is Ben Keeter, um, a guy who we didn't see on the football field at all this year, and we are seeing him now for the first time. First wrestling match the other day against, wait, who are they playing, Minnesota? Yeah, they're playing Minnesota. Um, and wrestling so, Minnesota. Wrestling Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> they, were, they were in a duel, Owen. Oh, it's a I, duel. I was raised in Iowa, but my wrestling knowledge is still limited. Um, but we get a chance to see Ben Keeter for the first time. Um, a lot of excitement around this kid and just uh, his aura around high school being, you know, one of the best football players in the country, one of the rest, best wrestlers in the country. Um, his legend at, as a high schooler going undefeated in his career um, and now transitions over to college. A lot of people have been waiting for this kid. Um, Curtis, sounds like you've had a chance to watch him a little bit closer. Yeah, uh, Ben Keeter, first off, you can tell at the very end that he's not quite in wrestling shape yet. Mm. And what I'm very intrigued is maybe not this year, but next year, because keep in mind, we have three incoming linebackers coming in this year with Derek Weisskopf, Cam Buffington, and Preston Reese. And obviously now we have Nick Jackson and um, Jay, Higgins. Jay Higgins coming back. Yep. So if he's wondering, if I'm not going to get on the field in football and I feel like I'm getting behind in wrestling and I know I'm going to be a really good wrestler, if that affects my legacy, do I continue being a dual athlete? Anymore? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, and I, I have kind of had the same thought about, like, I don't know when this guy uh, has a chance to actually see the football field with much regularity uh, anytime in the next few years. Um, and if you're watching on the YouTube stream, you can see some of the highlights of Ben Keeter going up against the University of Minnesota from the other night. Um, good reason to tune into the YouTube stream. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I think that this kid has a bright future in whatever he focuses on, and potentially he could have a bright future in both, but I do have a little bit of a hard time seeing him finish four years in both sports. It, it, it brings up an interesting question that, um, well, uh, before I bring this up to you guys, I know that we had a chance to hear from Ben Keeter the other night after he after his match, and I know that he sounded like he was a little disappointed in his performance, um, even though he got the win, so he's one to know as a collegiate wrestler, but um, here's what Ben Keeter had to say after his uh, first collegiate match um, the other night against Minnesota. And Drake just described your entrance as he had goosebumps. Yeah. Did you feel that? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty tough just sitting around all day and kind of just waiting for this, but it's just been something you dream of. I've been dreaming of as a kid from a young age, and now to actually get to do it, it was it's pretty surreal. But I just wanted to make sure I was focused on wrestling and not not all the distractions. But it's still still pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he he talked about like just being a little bit disappointed and maybe wanting to come out and giving a more of a show for the fans who had been waiting to see him. Yeah, I mean, that's what he was talking about. He said like he knew what his opponent was going to do, but he still let him do it anyway. And obviously, he got the win, but he was pretty disappointed in himself. And he said that, you know, lungs-wise, he was okay. But in terms of, like, he needs to wear himself down muscular-wise, 
in practice going forward in order to feel like himself on the mats. Ben has an opportunity, and if he were to reach his peak potential in both sports, he could, his options are basically focus on wrestling, go win a gold medal one day, or stick to football, go and make, I mean, again, at the minimum, half a million dollars as a rookie signing camp guy, and then see where, where your career goes from there. I have always debated this with myself. Would you rather win a gold medal or, let's say, be assured a million dollars in the NFL? Me personally, a million dollars. Okay. I think it depends on your background, too. You know, my family wasn't well off, so I think money holds a stake. But if you do come from where you're comfortable, I think, you know, the, the gold medal might mean a little bit more to some people. Yeah. How lucrative is professional wrestling? I mean, obviously... There's WWE, but then there's UFC, which is mixed martial arts. Yeah. Is there a, this is why I'm so out of my league in terms of wrestling. Is there a professional standard wrestling where, you know, weight classes and takedowns? I mean, maybe there is to some degree somewhere, kind of like there's a professional softball league, technically speaking, but um, for all intents and purposes, no. <laughs> it's basically you're in the Olympics and then you're a coach, basically, is, is kind of what your options for wrestling so, um, but I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting question. Like, would you rather win a gold medal or not? Uh, Being called or, an Olympian is something that nobody yeah. can really ha say. Being, having a gold medal is something that, you know, is a pretty elite status in American history. Um, here's what's uh, upcoming for the men's team. I know that they're, uh, the men's wrestling squad, they're going up against Purdue tomorrow night. Got Illinois Northwestern after that. Um, not exactly the murderer's row of the Big Ten schedule, um, but uh, a good chance to get things ironed out before they start to hit the Big Ten tournament and national championships. Um, the roster has obviously been in flux all year with some of the guys who got um, uh, who were not allowed to come back to the team because of the uh, gambling scandal, but um, a chance to yeah. look ahead. And I don't know, how are we feeling about the wrestling squad? Mike, I don't know how much you follow wrestling, so. um, not having been at the matches personally, but um, yeah, what do you think about what you've seen out of this team? I've watched a few, few meets on TV when I think the I turned on I don't remember one last week. Actually, it was the uh, the one before Minnesota because I was wondering if Keeter would play or wrestle, and I was like hoping he would. And they criticized us about. Playing. I know what they were. I corrected myself, and they were talking about him potentially going, and then he he didn't wrestle. Um, you know, they're ranked number two right now. It's all about this is like the you know the Alabama of wrestling. So uh, do I think they're a threat to the national title? I mean, I I don't think so, but they are ranked number two. So some of the meets that I've seen, the rankings change because last I checked, they were third. Missouri was. Third. Oh, they jumped them. Okay, that shows as much as I you know yeah. know. So so um so I I've watched them a little bit more I think, and the suspensions have really done them in a little bit, especially at 184 Abasad. Uh, 184 is a very weak weight class right now. If some of these teams, like especially like Northwestern, 0 and 2, I could imagine them winning, you know, 40 to 3, and the mm -hmm. 3 is going to come at 184. <laughs> I have not seen Aiden Riggins win a match. Yeah, it is pretty weak there. And at 285, Bradley Hill has been good. He hasn't been astoundingly great, but that's still. I mean, he can still win any of those matches, but. 285 is Ben Keeter's spot for the taking if he can go and take it. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Real Woods at 141, rock solid. Jared Franick at 157 has historically been solid, but he's a very conservative wrestler. He gets a takedown, a couple escapes, and tries to hold out. And that bit him in the butt last time when he lost for the first time against Minnesota. And so there's a lot of unease when it comes to it. And there's a lot of duels that have gone down to the 197 match where Jay Glazier has come up huge. And you're 
you're just you just want more Zach Glazier. Oh, Zach Glazier. Not son the of a not the Fox NFL analyst, Jake. Son of a gun. <laughs> but thank you. But anyway, you you want more domination, and you're not seeing that. They nearly lost to Penn. Mm-hmm. It was very close. That's true. More domination from this schedule would be a huge sign yeah. for better. I, I think they still, I mean, have a chance to beat the number two team in the country. They're not going to beat Penn State almost no matter what. Um, that, that's the dominant team. They're the Alabama of wrestling right now. Um, but uh, I think this team still has a chance to end the year with a couple of individual national champions possibly and uh, possibly a number, number two or three team title, which all things considered is pretty darn good. Pretty good for how much you lost to from the gambling investigation. So yeah, And they're going to have more help on the way next year too. Uh, that's With true. or without maybe the Ferrari brothers. Uh, women's wrestling, um, doing great things right now. They just capped off their first national championship by one point, getting a chance to beat uh, North Central in the, um, in the national duels tournament in Cedar Falls recently. Got the national champions traditional style coming up in about a month and a half. Here's their upcoming schedule. We're going to ch- get a chance to see them at home this coming Sunday in a couple of duels against Missouri Valley and Life. Um, I think you've seen them against Life yeah. a little bit. Um, they've life got a great women's give them a program. problem. Yeah, uh, Life at the Soldier Salute. We had several Hawkeyes make it to the championship round, and only a chunk of them won. Biggest reason why was Life University. Yep. They have some wrestlers, especially the McBride sisters. Mm-hmm. They are a program that should be seriously talked about in terms of the women's wrestling world. Uh, and I, KJ Pilcher, who writes for the Gazette, who knows as much about wrestling as probably anybody in uh, the Cedar Valley, um, he, he had some really glowing things to say about, especially those McBride sisters in Life University. So they, that could be a really interesting duel once they face off with them on Sunday. But The best um, part about the women's wrestling season for me is just learning all these college I, I didn't know existed. <laughs> Life University. But yeah. I mean, also... Their style of wrestling, at least in freestyle, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was telling uh, Owen this. There are some matches where um, you've seen a lot of different wrestlers, like uh, Lily Luft and Emily Frost will do this sometimes, where you, they get the initial takedown, grab their legs, and then they just spin them around. Two points, two points, two points. And they just spin them four more times, and then it's a 10-0 tech fall, and then it's over. And you're like, wow, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, and I've had to yeah. brush up a lot on my... Uh, freestyle wrestling knowledge um, just because it's such a, you know, I'm still trying to get my mind around folk style with men's wrestling. And so this new aspect of the game has been, has been a challenge for me so far. It was great at duels. I sat right in front of the radio announcer um, who was doing the live stream. And so everything that was happening, I was kind of getting like his take on the scenarios for, um, you know, who was going to win by decision and things like that. And so, anyway, you, you, I, you need a little bit of help if you're new to the game with, uh, with freestyle yeah. wrestling, um, if all you're, you've been used to is folk style. But um, Iowa women are great. I think that they've done everything that we expect out of them so far this season. Yeah, they're yeah great to see. Program. Yeah. Um, so hopefully get a chance to go out there and see him this Sunday. They're at Carver for, I think, I think it said the second time this is where they're hosting yeah. du- duels. Hopefully they can break the record because they broke the initial record for most watched a uh, women's wrestling event when they first hosted hmm. back in, uh, I think, November. Hmm. And maybe with more turnout, they can break it again. Sunday's going to be a big day for Hawkeye Athletics. We have the women's wrestling, and we have uh, the Iowa women facing off against Ohio State on Sunday on the road. Um, and that's going to be discussed in the next podcast that we have for Eye on the Hawks. We're going to be talking about what's, uh, what's ahead and where we're at right now with the men's and women's basketball teams. In the time being, uh, we're going to hopefully be a little bit more regular with these weekly podcasts for Eye on the Hawks. You can follow all of the social medias with X, with YouTube, with Instagram. 
Um, Iron Hawks hopefully keeping you posted with, uh, with sound and with updates and with highlights and interviews from men's and women's basketball, men's and women's wrestling, and anything that we find in between. Once, uh, once rowing season kicks off, maybe we'll uh, get out there to the, to the rivers. Um, my pecs are hurting already thinking about it. Keep your eyes open on our YouTube page, too. We're going to be recording a, a basketball one, and we'll come out a little later today. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, boys, it's been a good one. And uh, stay tuned for more Eye on the Hawks uh, coming up later today and in the coming weeks as well. Thanks for joining us today.